Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. You can follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod and head on over to Facebook. Give the page over there a like as well so you don't miss any of our ticket giveaways. And if you haven't subscribed to the Thundercast YouTube channel, there is no time like the present. Uh, There is a lot going on over there now. We debuted a brand new show this past week that has been doing pretty well. Uh, I can see that uh, folks enjoyed that episode. You can look look forward to more of the new show inside the thunder in the coming weeks but for now man what a busy week in herd herd athletics we got some uh all sbc type news we got uh, baseball and softball doing their thing we got some news around coaching circles and a whole lot more so let's get into it all but first let's get a quick word from our sponsors at 304carrec.com If you've been injured in a car wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. What happens when an Ohio driver crashes into a West Virginia driver in Kentucky? That can be a mess. But if you can dream it up, Jason and Matt have probably been there, done that, and gotten their clients paid. Don't fight the insurance companies alone. Contact Jason and Matt at 304carwreck.com. Well, Russ, it's become the weekly question that uh, you surprised me with. So I don't know how to set it up. I'm going to have to come up with a new creative way to set it up instead of saying, give me five things that every Herd fan needs to know. But that is the name of the segment. I guess I'll just continue to be surprised if there are more. So give me five things that every Herd fan needs to know this week. No, I'm going to give you six (laughs) things. Uh, This week, six things. Things every herd fan needs to know this week, as always, brought to you by Ignite Link, the Tri State's premier IT management team. Number one, this uh, is from news straight from Christian Spears' mouth as he was on uh, the drive with Paul Swan. Mm-hmm. Dan Dan Tony is returning for at least one more season. Yeah, uh, there was some speculation out there, and I mean, it's good to put that to bed now because it, it it lets a lot of folks know a lot of things, and particularly it lets our coaching staff and some of the guys we've been recruiting know that Dan's going to be around for more than just this season. It's hard to recruit as a quote-unquote lame duck coach. You need to know where you're going, what's going on, the future of the program, and we know at least for now that Dan's going to be here for more than this season. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's out there for how long right now, but uh, it, we will we do know it'll be for more than just the upcoming season. Uh, no, I think his, his was up. He's going to be here for the upcoming season. Oh. We don't know if it's going to be two I thought years. It was, or... I thought he had this coming season to go. No, he, so he his was, contract was up this year. So he would have been, oh, okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah but so, still, still, even though it's not out there, I would like to think it's not just going to be a one year deal. Let me put it that way then. Cause it's just so damn hard to recruit on a one year deal. Yeah. So, um, I'm a fan of this move. I, I really like Coach D'Antoni. I love the style of basketball. Um, anytime that you have a loss and a high-profile loss, social media and the message boards tend to 
have that knee jerk reaction. We talked about this a lot. You and I have had these, you know, you had mentioned several times on this show that in the past you would be like, I didn't even want anybody to talk to me for a day or something after a, a big emotional loss. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of roller coaster this year from such a high that he brought with this season. And then the last two games where we missed out on winning the uh, uh, regular season championship in the Sun Belt, and then we lost uh, Heartbreaker in that first round. There's been people that have been down on D'Antoni and wanting him to step aside or be dismissed and not renewed. I'm not one of them. I, I like it. I also think that um, he has brought a good style of player here that is uh, worried about classroom um, behavior, that sort of thing. So I'm happy with that. And I also don't get where people say that he's, hundred percent against the transfer portal. And I think you agree with me. And I think that we should dispel that by discussing his kind of look on the transfer portal. Let's, yeah, let's, I let's, I let's think it's let's, fair to say yeah. he's against it. It has to fit. It has to make sense. Let, let's name a couple. Okay. John Elmore. He's a transfer. Uh, the greatest of all time for many people out there in the fan base. Okay. Next. James Kelly. Great one-year guy. Came here for one year from <laughs> yeah, Miami. And, and still many people think, man, if he had more than one year, Marshall goes to a tournament, another tournament. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's the kind of feeling I hear from a lot of the fan base when it comes to James Kelly. Man, if we had him for two years or or more, we'd have been uh we'd have we'd have gone to the tournament. We just brought in Cam Kerfman, three point specialist this year, absolutely changed uh uh, several different games that we were involved in stretched the floor. I mean, some of them was he shooting on our side of the court or the other side, you know, he was shooting for such long range. It, it drew the uh, coverage out, allowed uh, us to penetrate more. I like that move. I think we saw, you can't argue that bringing in Cam Kerfman just brought back Marshall's offense to being able to do what they do really well. Yeah. Just shoot and run, shoot and run and shoot and run. And, yeah, you can make your arguments for how we got out-rebounded and things like that. But that's not really our style. Our style is fast pace and and a lot of threes, and we know that. We all know that. And you can't sit here and tell me that adding Cam Kerfman didn't make a difference. I mean, look at the win totals year over year yeah, of what he was able – what he allowed Marshall to do offensively with shifting guys back into what you call their more natural fit of a position type thing. And I mean, that's three stellar players, but wait, there's more. Yeah, Ron Pupil, there is more. Uh, we've got Andy Taylor, who everybody is hoping comes back and was seemingly announced as coming back on that same uh, – uh, Paul Swan show with mm-hmm. uh, Christian Spears. It's um, he was at Furman and came here. And he is it firm? It was Furman, wasn't it? I don't know. I'm, I'm now I'm second guessing myself, but anyway, <laughs> he he transferred here the same manner, kind of as uh, as Elmore did. Mm-hmm. You know, he had gone to another school and everything, and everyone wants Andy to come back, yeah. Um, yeah, he also uh, tried to bring in Levi Cook, six foot ten guy. It didn't work out, but there has been many in the nine years that he's been here 
that he has brought in or attempted to bring in. So it's not that he's against it. It's seemingly he's against the notion of bringing in eight to 12 new players each year or every two years or something. And I'm against that. You know, I don't want to have to learn the roster each year and have zero loyalty from these people that are here. And then they jump to somewhere else. Yeah. If you're going to have, if you're going to be the fan that says, well, you know, we're just not hitting the portal hard enough. And you know, what do you want? What are you expecting? Are you expecting these, this coaching staff to go out and find five new starters every single year? How do you expect to recruit? traditional recruiting or the portal when you, right. when you're a guy who's like, no, come here. We need you. We want you just yeah. in, in a year, you're going to go find five more guys. And right. I mean, that's just not, it doesn't make any sense. So you use the portal how you're supposed to, to augment the team that you have to plug that one hole, two holes to get that weapon that you need to, to put you over the next threshold, right. To, to make the push. You know, if you go out and you get one or two guys, you find the right guys that you need this year that pushes Marshall to that one or two more victories that we needed this year to be a regular season champ or a tournament champ or whatever. Are we going to sit here a year from now and go, well, we really needed to do more. No, you're going to be happy because you made it to the NIT. You made it to the NCAA tournament. And that's the goal. You know, a prestigious postseason tournament. Everybody wants to go to the NCAAs. Obviously. Yes. And I do not, I am not against the decision that was made to not play in a pay for play tournament. I don't, I am not against that. It sucks that we didn't get to watch Tavion and Andy one more time together on the floor in Huntington, but still, I think this program is a little bit higher uh, right in, right now. They're at a level a notch above to where we need to be playing in the CBS. If we had eight freshmen on the team and we really just needed some yeah. extra in-game play, okay, I can see that. But what, that's not where we are. That's not yeah. where we are. So you hit the portal to find the next Cam Kerfman that you need. You you hit somebody, you hit the portal to find somebody that is a similar type player to Tavion Kinsey that can do some of the things that he did really well to complement the play of Andy and Cam and Micah and Obana and all those guys, Connor and Fricks, all these guys. So you you can't just go find another Tavion Kinsey, but there are players out there that do things very similarly than Tavion does that can help bolster this team and reload this team to help them get over the hump for 2023. Final thing that I want to say is only because you mentioned not making the NCAA tournament, and uh, I was running some numbers. Uh, I mean, this is it every year. This doesn't change, but it just got in my head the other day. There's currently 358 NCAA Division One teams. 68 of those 358 mm-hmm. make the tournament because of the four uh, play-in games. 32 of the 68, and after the play-in, 64, are automatic bids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I disagree that those automatic bids should have to also go to the play-in. I think that they should... If you're getting an automatic bid, it should yeah, automatically, you should automatically be, in be in. But 32 of those 68 are automatic bids. So that leaves 36 of the remaining 326 teams, 11% make the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. each year that are not automatic qualifiers. It is just ridiculously hard to do so. And with the uh, bias towards certain conferences, they are, it's going to be, I mean, it's, it's probably extremely rare to never that the Sunbelt conference or conference USA or that 
general area in there is ever going to be a two bid conference. And it's just because of the system that has been put in place and that will always be put in place. Yeah. And, it, and it's about fan bases and viewership numbers and uh, people that will pay big money to go. But I think we've shown at Marshall that we'll travel, you know? So yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, would, I, I tell you what, it is unfortunate because you say 32 of those are automatic bids and that's a technical term that is true. But let's be honest. If you look at the Big Ten, you might as well say, well, they're going to automatically get four or five teams, maybe more. Uh, yeah, ACC is going to get four or five teams, six teams, maybe more. Yeah. So it's not just a 32 automatic qualifying bid. It's far. It's probably closer to 50 after you run down the big, you know, the the big money conferences. I'd say far more than 32, probably closer to 50 or maybe even 60 slots are taken up. Yeah, with with that kind of stuff, and there you just can't tell. We've seen it in the tournament now. There is no reason that a mid tier, you know, Big Twelve team should slide in there when you've got a team like Fairleigh Dickinson, who's a 16 seed that goes in and wins a game. Yeah, it's. I mean, talent is everywhere, so your name brand shouldn't matter as much. We know it always will. It will, but it doesn't mean that these teams are any less competitive. You know. There's upsets every year, and that's what we all love about March Madness. So, I mean, why not just let let the ones in that deserve to be in there? You know, yeah. I think every conference ought to be a two bid league, and then you freaking hand out the at larges after that. Yeah. Um, we're going to move on to number two, but keep it with basketball. Tavion Kenzie and Andy Taylor racked up a few more awards. Uh, first, I want to say that Taylor was the NABC 23 first team, and that was also uh, given to Tavion Kinsey. So both of them made the first team in that uh, specific division that they were in. The district uh, for the USBWA All District 2, Tavion Kinsey was named to that. So, yeah. um, I'd really like to see the Henson Award or something like that, but I am not going to downplay this, you know, because it's huge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is big time. So the District 2 was, what was it? Was it six states or something? It's it's pretty big. It's sizable. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, it's, I, I don't know, but to be able to be named to those and have two on the first team right. for the uh, NABC, I mean, you know, 40% of the roster was our herd start starters. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal, right? And that kind of just drives home the fact that we're doing something right. We don't need to blow up the ship here and, and rebuild the program. It's, it's, it's doing pretty well. So, you know, we, we need, we, it's good thing that Dan's going to be around for, for a little while longer. And, and, you know, we can see if we can just make that push. I think we can make what? that push. One of those two was a transfer. I'm just know. saying. Just yeah, saying. We, we talked about it, but there it is. <laughs> ball don't lie. You know, the ball, <laughs> the ball don't lie. It does for me now at 43. <laughs> I just can't shoot anymore. <laughs> All right. Number three, volleyball floor has arrived, and it is installed, and it is damn good looking. Yeah, it is. I bet the, uh, the team's going to be pretty stoked to be able to have a killer surface to play on and um, it does. It looks really good. I'm, yeah. I'm excited for them. I'm excited for uh, Ari. Mm -hmm. uh, first and foremost, I'm excited for the the team. That it's just an another um, another piece of the puzzle, 
you know, for our um, volleyball program. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I was a little surprised that how many people on the social media were like, wow, you know, because you don't think like a volleyball floor is going to catch much traction with some of the average folks, but it really did. It really yeah. did. So that's cool, man. It, it's sharp. It is sharp. And yeah. we talked about this on the show before. It is a, I can, now I'm going to blank on the name. I think it's Terra Flex, but it mm-hmm. might be Versa That sounds Flex. right. But had Flex in it. I know that. Um, the, it's the same exact uh, floor that they have uh, when it comes time for NCAA tournaments. So, you know, you're getting used to practicing and playing every game on that floor. It's just one more little thing to help push. And I have to say, too, Christian Spears, who just had his first year here, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that we can talk about that he's done. I don't think anybody out there can accuse him of not paying attention to the other sports except for football. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's all this guy does is – uh say hey we want to make every single sport better and let these players have their due and uh, this is one of those you know yeah if you haven't i mean i'm sure you probably did but for those listening and watching if you haven't uh listened to that episode of the drive with uh with paul swan where they were talking about christian and his one year anniversary and all some of the things that he had done and some of the things that he hopes to do it you start to look back and go wow you know there was a lot accomplished in a year yeah in a year that, you know, in, in that wasn't even coming close to getting done over multiple years under uh, other uh, previous administration. It's no shade being tossed. It's just these are the facts. Stuff right. is, stuff is getting done yeah. under under Christian Spears. It's not just being talked about. It's getting done. And, you know, for the again, the I'll believe it when I see it crowd, not just talking about baseball, but other things. Are, how many more things do you need to see before you begin to believe? Because we're yeah. seeing thing after thing after thing after thing. And this is just the latest and greatest. So if you're not bought in, if you're not, well, let me be cheesy. If you're not all in, right, because we talked about that last week. If you're not all in on what Christian Spears, this administration, and the uh, athletic department is doing right now, it's a good time to get all in because they're making waves and making big strides, and it's only been a year. Yeah, and um, again, I, I just I feel that it, cannot be talked about enough of how much shine. I mean, one of the goals of our show is to show shine to every single athletic Mm -hmm. program and this athletic department administration, they 100% are doing that. They want the best for each individual uh, team that we sponsor. You know, it's one thing when you choose like we do to put, shine on all the programs it's another thing when you're charged with doing that by job and you deliver you know if we chose to you know stop covering some sports as hard as we do then that's our choice but Mm -hmm. you know christian can't just go well i'm not going to do anything for you know 75 percent of our sports anymore i'm just going to focus on two or three of them and that Mm -hmm. well that makes for a short career you know but he's doing far beyond what i thought would have been possible in a year so I'm, yeah. I'm congratulations to him for that. Yeah. Uh, moving on, number four, Emily McClatchy is named the Sunbelt Conference Women's Golfer of the Week. Got a men's golfer of the week so far. Got a women's golfer of the week. She kind of killed it. What she finished second? She finished second. We're going to talk about this in around the herd, but one stroke off the uh, the lead, and she was the only player. Uh, if I'm remembering this stat correctly. 
that was one over par or better all three rounds. Wow. So she was consistent. They had some foul weather down there and some others had, you know, better rounds to, because they had a worse round than her. Mm -hmm. Uh, but she was the only player that was plus one or better in all three rounds. Man. I mean, I love that. Any of the week I'm loving, right? So Mm -hmm. congratulations to, uh, Emily McClatchy, Sunbelt golfer, women's golfer of the week. Now kick ass. We need to go back now, and maybe our friends over at the athletic department are keeping track of this, but I mm-hmm. would like to see how many sports now we have had a Sunbelt Player of the Week uh, and see what ones are left out there that we still need to get. Oh, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. And I would like to compare that to you know others. Maybe we can have that be a Sunbelt. You know, they've got that... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we need an of the week tracker, you know, yeah. a conference conference wide of the week tracker. That's that'd right. be pretty you know, good. that'd and, be pretty legit. And that's our bingo card, you know, <laughs> when you get one in every uh sport. So. You get you're gonna win the of the week cup at the end yeah. of the athletic year. <laughs> I would I would take an of the week cup. <laughs> All right. Uh more good news with the Sunbelt Conference. Eleven track and field members were named SBC All Conference. Yeah. I, I have them here. Macy Majoy earned all-conference first team following her gold medal winning 3.98 meter clear. And we had talked about that. That is not her best. That's all she needed to do to win that. And she was the first ever Marshall student athlete to win a Sunbelt Conference championship. We'll always go down in history for that. Six other women earned second team accolades. That was Marianne Adebayo. Diana Goodman, Abby Herring, Kylie Maston, Marley Porter, and Sydney Smith. Uh, Adebayo and Goodman earned second place finishes in the weight throw and pole vault. The team of Herring, Maston, Porter, and Smith finished runner-up in the women's DMR. The DMR team of Brett Armbruster, Kazuma Bowring, Ethan Bowens, and Matthew Sheenberg finished third in the men's finals, earning all-conference third team. And Armbruster also finished third in the 800 meter racing a time of 151.44. So good news all around for 11 athletes uh, on the track and field team. And considering this was the first semester back for the men. Yep. Two months ago, I think almost right on the dot. It was like mid January or something when they came back, they've been back for, Two months, and we had one, two, three, four of them earning all conference. Yeah, and I'm gonna say, uh, if you'd ask me who is the who is the Sun Belt power in track and field, I would not have guessed Arkansas State, but dang, apparently they are. So there's your measuring stick program. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from what we're doing, but remember I was talking about tennis last week and I was like, oh, I wonder who it is. And well, that kind of fell in my lap this week because I know we're going to talk about it here and around the herd, but apparently it's old dominion and, uh, they, you know, they were ranked in the top 20 and they came in and played yeah. the herd in a match this week. And so I'm learning, you know, we're, we're learning all this kind of, as we go, we don't know the movers and shakers and all the sports and, but I would have not have guessed it would have been Arkansas state, nothing against them. I just, you know, I would have thought it was someone, one of the Georgias, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or maybe a Southern Miss or something. But, um, so th- apparently, you know, Arkansas State is the team that, that you're going to have to get by if you want to win the championships. But 
that's irrelevant right now. Congratulations to all of our athletes. Uh, Macy Majoy, a, a first-team performer who didn't see that one coming. Uh, I don't know if she truly got gypped or not, but you know this is a this is a Abby Herring fan account, so <laughs> she got gypped. Yeah. <laughs> she got robbed. No, uh, and congratulations to all the all the guys and the gals that uh, were second and third team performers too. Man, it's kick ass stuff, and we just absolutely love to be able to bring that type of news to the fan base. You mentioned we don't know the movers and the shakers, and that's a big yet. And that's because right. we are not yet nine months into this Sun Belt Conference. And this weekend, several of our teams played for their first ever time in the Sun Belt. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we softball, baseball, you know, you can kind of look at that stuff. A lot's out there. There's just not a lot of coverage on track and field until you mm -hmm. actually have to go back and look at the individual results from the previous years. And, Maybe they were the movers and the shakers last year, but they might not be this year, especially with an influx of look how it happened for have new talent, basketball and mm. uh, football. You know, yeah. the, the four that came in were up pretty high in, in both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will agree with that. I mean, you know, James Madison has come in and, and I won't say put a stranglehold on things, but they've, they've, <laughs> they've tallied quite a few championships. So, you know, just because some certain teams, were dominant last year. Well, James Madison has dethroned quite a few because they weren't even in the FBS. You know, I know that's a football term, but mm -hmm. uh, you know they were still in the in the Colonial last year, and now they've come in and won several team and individual type championships. So uh, I think the the winds of change are are moving a little bit. You know, there there are some teams. Marshall's obviously proven that they're strong in certain things, and and um, there there's areas where we're going to have to build. We know that we're not going to come in and say we're the best in everything because obviously we're not, but uh, there are some things that we are better than existing teams that were in this conference. And I think for a, for a good measure by some of those teams, we were underappreciated for what we brought to the table until we, you know, took them to the woodshed and they're like, mm -hmm. okay, well maybe Marshall is a insert sport here school. Yeah. So I don't know. Bottom line, congratulations to our runners and, and, and field performers. And I think a lot of stuff too, final topic that I'm going to say on this, uh, attendance. We have, uh, the four newcomers have brought yeah. a lot to that. Um, it's, uh, not all of us in every single sport, but for the most part, we have raised the conference and everything. And what happens with uh, a rising tide? Yeah, that's, you, that's what I think. Like, that, you would like to think it rouses all ships, but that's what we're uh, we're hoping is going to happen. All <laughs> right, get, get some of the hold on. It gets some of these teams to look at the other old school Sun Belt teams and go, "Y'all got to do better." Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Marshall and Southern Miss and, and uh, old, old Dominion James Madison are coming in and they're bringing fans. It's like you guys got to do something now. Like you're. All <laughs> yeah, I just I keep thinking back of. Uh, um, Marshall coming into the Mac, you know, when they came back in, in, in mm -hmm. 97. And I imagine that it was like when Larry Bird walked in uh, to the locker room for the three point contest back in the eighties and said, which one of you bleep is coming in second. <laughs> you know, I, I'd like to have the, that not only swag, but yeah. also knowing that you could back it up and do yeah, it. To be able to back that up. Yeah. Yeah. Cause anybody can come in and announce that. Yeah, but you got to be able to back that up. But Larry Legend hits the shots. All right, we're going to talk about somebody that is probably going to be making a push for a Sun Belt Conference Player of the Week, and that is Luke Edwards. What a week he had! Uh, 
on Wednesday against Ohio State, he collected his 200th career hit. Obviously, he's got more than that now because I'm going to tell you that uh, yesterday in the loss to Appalachian State, he tied the school's doubles record, and today he broke that record. So he is now the leading uh, hitter as far as doubles go for Marshall. And program history, not just uh, for this current team. I mean, this is big yeah. stuff, like all-time leader. But look, this is going to be a huge uphill battle to win any baseball player of the week in this conference because, damn, there are stellar performances week in and week out. And this is nothing against Luke. This is just speaking to how strong this freaking conference is, full of hitters, yeah. power hitters, contact hitters. I mean, great pitching. It's everywhere. Right, it's mm-hmm. every everywhere. So when you get one of those, I think like that's actually a legit accomplishment because there mm-hmm. are guys that are coming out every single week and putting up stat lines and doing things that you would think would put them in the running for a national player of the week type deal. Mm-hmm. So um, of course we'd love to see that kind of stuff, but man, it, it that's that's going to mean something when you get one of those other weeks. Not that any of the other ones don't. But the competition is so fierce in this conference that uh, those accolades won't be just handed out because somebody had a good one good game. The uh, record, by the way, as of today, is 49 doubles for his career and 200 hits, 49 of them being doubles. That shows you that, you know, he's doing some uh, good work there for a quarter of his hits, you know, or yeah. close because he's now got 205 or so hits. But anyway, Great player last year, picking right up uh, this year and uh, heading into Sunbelt. We'll talk about that in Around the Herd. Yeah, man, it was a, it was a killer killer week, I guess. And um, we not had some good. We, yeah, it's not. I mean, no, we got you know it's Saturday Saturday night. We're recording. Normally, we uh, try to do this on a Sunday, or you know, we try to get the weekend's games mostly over. But uh, we had to go a little bit early this this week. But, uh, you know, so there's still some softball games to be played. There's baseball games tomorrow. There's some other stuff going on. But, uh, well, let's just start talking about it, shall we? Let's take this cat around the herd. Yeah. Anyway, that wraps up uh, the five this week. Th- six things every herd fan needs to know this week. As always, brought to you by Ignite Link. Uh, yeah, let's take it around the herd. And we are going to start with track and field. Uh, outdoor track begins the uh, uh, week by getting five victories and get this 37 lifetime bests, (laughs) personal bests by 37 different times. So let's talk about those. Uh, This was at the um, North Florida. I can't remember. In Jacksonville, right? Yeah. 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 So these uh, individual victories here, We've got, uh, let's see, here we go, Macy Majoy, go figure, Uh, she had 4.00 meters uh, in the pole vault, uh, just above what she did for the uh, Sunbelt Championship, Diana Goodman finished second in that, 3.85 meters, uh, women's high jump. Uh, this was not a, uh, uh, I'm going to skip that one, come back to it. It was not a first, uh, Rebecca Merritt, uh, is another one of those first, uh, in the discus. She had 49.93 meters. 
and the women's 100 hurdles tyra thomas finished first with 13.52 seconds the women's four by 400 relay the team of elaine beckett mitchell and porter were first with three minutes 47.51 seconds a lot of different second place third place fourth place and fifth place finishes which you would expect with personal best for them to be in the top five down there just an absolute mind-blowing meet if you want to see all of these times all of these finishes go on over to the article on herd zone and read about it we obviously don't want to break down all 37 (laughs) but we don't want to take away from these athletes yeah please go look at these heck of an accomplishment and what do we say on here with track and field and stuff? You're not always racing against the people across from you. You're racing against yourself. Sure. And anytime you're setting 37 personal records, uh, I think that that goes to show you that you're doing the right thing. Well, yeah. And let's not forget, this is the first outdoor meet of the season. So hell of a way to start off the season, 37 personal bests and five victories. I'll take that. Is it, um, I don't know that anybody does this. You know how somebody will be like, oh, we're a football school. We're a basketball school. We're a pole vault school. That's what I know. <laughs> At this point right now, Marshall is a pole vault school. So we're going to own that one until uh, for until future notice. <laughs> but a hell of a good start for outdoor track and field season. That gives me an idea. Hit me up with it later, KD. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We are going to move on from track and field and go to swimming and diving. Uh, we had talked about last week, they were still in the middle of that meet. And at mm-hmm. the time, uh, ninth place finish was the best that they had. They ended up on the second day moving up quite a bit. Uh, I think they were, came in, they were like 35th in the field and they ended up 22nd in the field. So had a really good showing in game two fin- or day two finished 22nd of 67 teams at the CSCAA NIC. Paige Banton had the highest finish. She finished sixth in the 200-meter breaststroke. Esther Laban had two top 10 finishes with eighth in the 1,000-yard freestyle and 10th in the 1650 yard freestyle. Yeah. The 22nd out of 67 is pretty legit, I would think. I mean, yeah. um, I don't – again, swimming and diving is just one of those sports that, like, unless you're just kind of in it and you really are passionate about it and follow it, who knows who, you know, is, is the, is the top tier, you know, unless you're churning out Olympians, like I would think like Michigan is, is a historically strong swimming school, something like Stanford, you know what I mean? Like, but 22nd out of 67, I feel like is a really solid finish for a school like Marshall. Uh, I'm not, again, I'm never trying to slight what we're doing, but I feel like that's really solid, man. And I, I really like what we're doing. I've said that many, many times. I like the path and and the and the and I use this word a lot. The trajectory of the program. It just seems like it's it's consistently getting better, you know. And now I'm getting to the point to where when you are telling me uh, or you're reading some results, I am beginning to catch myself thinking he's about to say Paige Manton. He's about to say Esther Lebon. You know, like I'm starting to. Uh, feel like I know who you, the names you're going to say are performing at a really, really high level. So um, 
making a bit, what was that? A 10, you said 30, mid thirties in the day one. So to make a 10, 10 to 15 13, spot leap. Yeah. Wow. I, th- I think that's really killer, man, to, to have yeah. a, I don't want to call it a bounce back day, but to just come out even stronger in day two to move up 15 spots. It's pretty legit to me. And I'm happy to take that. And that's, that's going by memory. So I could be yeah. wrong, but those two articles covering both days are also available on herd zone. Look, we talk about herd zone all the time. That's where they put out a wealth of information. Those mm-hmm. guys do a great job getting every single sport covered on there. And uh, you would do yourself a favor to download that app so yep. you can always know the schedule. But go visit that page. It tells you where you can watch. It tells you where you can listen. It tells you where they're going to play. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you say, hey, I'd like to see when the next time they're coming to the dot, go look at the schedule. And finally, I want to say that I have zero empirical evidence to back this up, but I just want to say that I have a belief that UC Santa Barbara is probably a good swimming school. Okay. I would I say have, so too. I have no empirical <laughs> evidence, but when I, you were thinking of that and you said Michigan and I'm like, Michigan. That's where Michael Phelps the, went. <laughs> uh, but, but I'm like, what are they up in the upper peninsula up there? Just, you know? And and Florida, the Gators, I think, are historically pretty strong, too. Well, but. I could see Florida having swimmers. Yeah. I said winning. Michigan because that's where Michael Phelps went. That's all I know. You know, I, I started thinking of beach towns and everything. Yeah. And I'm well, like, I always you, think of, like, Pac-12, you know, right. like that kind of thing. They're always pretty strong in track and field stuff. They're, you know, and, and you know, the water sports, like, I don't know, polo, water, water polo. Yeah. Uh, you gave me another end. That's where I get to say that. <laughs> The only reason we don't have it is we didn't want to get the horse stuck in the pool. <laughs> Mr. Belding, please report to this gymnasium. <laughs> We're off the chain this, this week, man. I, yeah, but hopefully all the other people are laughing their asses off with us when we say these jokes from our youth. <laughs> no, Nobody gets them. They're probably fast-forwarding right through this. Um, all right, we're going to move on to tennis, and tennis had quite a, a run. And yeah. We're going to talk about this. Uh, remember, we – Ended on their last meet, they had swept every single uh, match mm-hmm. uh, in going. Uh, I think they were six and zero on that, maybe seven and zero. But then they came around the very next one. They beat uh, Arkansas State seven to nothing. Uh, Radford they won their first four, so that came out that they had won that meet, and then they yeah. had to finish the day. They finished up six and one. And then they were ranked 75th, and you mentioned Old Dominion. Old Dominion mm-hmm. was 20th in the nation. Yeah. And uh, we lost to them 5-2. to two. Yep. And we'll talk about that in just a second, but just want to say that they have Georgia State next Saturday and Troy next Sunday. Both of those are away. So yeah. now we can talk about these matches that they had. Now let's remember we started out two and zero, right? Because it was Louisiana Monroe mm-hmm. swept, and then Arkansas State swept, and then you get the Radford deal, mm-hmm. uh, and then Old Dominion comes to town, and Old Dominion is a top twenty tennis program. Uh, when they put the rankings out, and the herd came in at seventy fifth, I clicked the link, and I was like, "Well, this is a good opportunity to see if there's another Sun Belt program ahead of us." Because I was curious from last week who the who might be the ones we have to look for when it comes tournament time and lo and behold there was old dominion at 20 and there was not another sunbelt program we were the next one at 75 so um that tells me right there that old dominion is the team that you have to consistently 
uh, I don't want to say prepare for, but you're going to have to get by them to win a championship. You you have to say that they're the favorites to win the tennis championship if if you're placing the bet right now. I mean, a top 20 program. And I would think that the herd did pretty well, you know, five and two overall. Of course, it's not a victory, but, you know, that looks worse than it is. You're you're two, two wins away from winning that one. I mean, it's four to three at that point. So I'll take it. Uh, we're still having a fabulous season, right? Yeah. And that's that's kind of a measuring stick. A measuring stick type match uh and it could go really either way you never know who the matchups are going to be if we, if we if we have another match against them who knows if the same matchups will be the same matchups it could go a different way so um but that's pretty cool i think that's that's a really that's a really good strong showing against the top 20 program and now you get to you know try to get your groove back a little bit against georgia state and troy and look to move toward what four and one in some belt conference play. That'd be I, I would take that. I don't think there's a herd fan out there that wouldn't, you know, say, Well, I'll take four and one. But obviously yeah. you want to be five and oh, but damn, it's better than being one and four. Yeah, and if they could have beaten, and it's not like we're saying that they were uh, one point away from doing this against the old Dominion, but had they beaten them and then yeah. they started uh three and oh and then have Troy or um Georgia State, Troy, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ended up five and zero. Oh. I would say that their ranking would be very, very, very high. I would say so too. I, yeah. You would think that it would like after skyrocket beating, after, after beating, beating Old Dominion. Dominion. Yeah, you know, I don't know how tennis rankings work, and if it's you know if it's like football or basketball or more like baseball to where you can lose one and you kind of you know if you go two and one on a se- on a series in baseball you're not going to drop the- you're not going to plummet like if you yeah. lose a football game yeah. but if you if you happen to beat uh you know a top 20 program and you're 75th i would think you might shoot up to somewhere in the 50s or 40s you would think but what do i know you know i'm learning the game of of tennis and tennis rankings that in real time with kind of everybody else that cares to learn it so, but still, I'm happy with where we are. I'm proud as hell of the effort that we're putting out, and I'm really digging the hot start, despite you know losing to a top twenty team. We're moving on over to the links. Women's golf finished uh, ninth of eleven at the River Landing Classic. Not uh, excellent, but what was excellent? Emily McClatchy, as we discussed, finished second, one stroke off the lead, and again the only player that was plus one or better for all three rounds that they played. Yeah. Let's chalk this one up to bad weather. (laughs) You said it was inclement and wasn't very good. So let's just chalk this uh, finish up to bad weather and we'll, we'll spin it that way. And then we'll, we'll try to play a bounce back deal, but still bad inclement weather, bad weather, bad conditions, whatever you want to call it, whatever it was or wasn't, I don't know. You can't take away the fact that Emily McClatchy went out there and just flat performed, period. Mm-hmm. She just flat performed. So uh, one that we will undoubtedly keep closer tabs on because, hey, wonder what she'll do in ideal conditions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, men's golf, ECU Intercollegiate is Monday and Tuesday coming up. Uh, that uh, also, let's see, the men and the women, this is a week off. Uh, on the 27th, 28th, and 29th, I think it is, they are going to be at the same place for the uh, 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 the the big intercollegiate meet, and we'll be talking about that on the next show. But the men will be playing Monday and Tuesday. Anyone down there in that area, uh, go root on your herd. Baseball, 
They lost to Ohio State 5-1 to one on Wednesday in Charleston. Uh, also in Charleston, yesterday they lost 12-4 to to App State. And earlier today they lost 9-8. to And they will finish out the series tomorrow uh, in Charleston against App State. They picked up a game in Cincinnati on Tuesday. Uh, I'm actually going to be in Cincinnati on Tuesday, coincidentally, but I won't be able to go to that game. Already got plans. Uh, and then they will be at Old Dominion. Man, those guys rake. They just mash. But uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of this coming week will be down there, and that is going to be a hill to climb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I was watching a little bit of the game today, uh, mm-hmm. and that was back and forth, man. So the herd had the lead, they lost the lead, they got the lead back, and and this ultimately let it slip away there late. Which, God, how many times did we say that last season? You know, yeah. they, and this is a different brand. So we, you know, we really, really are hoping to capture more of those this year, especially in this conference that we're going to try to navigate our way through. But, um. Some stellar individual performances. I don't know if you have stats there or you want to talk about them, but I do. I, please do. Patrick Copen. I wanted to talk about him again. We talked about him in, uh, I can't remember if it's four innings or 4.1 innings, and he struck out like 10. He mm-hmm. had six through the first two innings in his last uh, outing. Uh, he fanned 11 in that uh, game on Friday. Um, obviously, we've been talking about Luke Edwards and – here is what he did on uh, Friday, one for four, but that was a uh, a double to tie that record. He also picked up a walk. Um, uh, third baseman uh, Daniel Carinci, he just keeps uh, keeps mashing, and we picked up uh, four runs on seven hits and had five walks. We're getting on base. It seemed to be uh, pitching just kind of, I mean, you're talking about 11 strikeouts, but pitching just did us in. We had trouble with that last season, and we have not had, we've had a much better season, I think, so far with our pitching, but we just ran into one this game. Yeah. Giving up 12 runs. Uh, Patrick Copen went six innings, had those 11 strikeouts, uh, three earned runs on six hits three walks, but then Bryce Blevins comes in in two innings. He gives up five earned runs and Nick Nicholas Wyrick gives up three earned runs in one inning, eight runs in the final three innings after Patrick, uh, Copen had struck out 11. So yeah, just, uh, poured it on us there at the end. The next game, uh, if you've got some stuff that you want to talk about, I've got more on here, but, you go ahead and I'll catch up. No, I'm, I was just going to say the same type of deal. You know, it, you talked about just now that we kind of ran into one. And yeah. that's going to happen a lot in this it conference. Does. I mean, <laughs> what gonna, happens in the game of baseball? It does. But I mean, particularly in this conference, you're just, we're going to run into a lot of hitting and particularly power hitting teams that can just erase a lead in a, in a in one swing of the bat. You know, yeah. So not having, I don't know, just just um, a, a pitcher, multiple pitchers that you can just go to the pin with tremendous amounts of command and strikeout ability. 
it's just an uphill battle, man, because these guys, you know, particularly you're talking about Old Dominion coming to town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if their lineup doesn't scare you from a from a power hitting standpoint, I don't know that you're following college baseball at all. Cause yeah. they got, just take the ball out of the yard. They've got two guys that are just back to back uh leapfrogging each other yeah. in, uh, on home run uh lead. Today's game, uh, I've got the stats up now that I wanted to talk about. The mm-hmm. top of the order had eight of the 11 hits on the day. And uh, let's see, scored four of the runs and had six of the RBI. Uh, top three were Luke Edwards, three for four with three runs, one walk. Uh, Kyle Schaefer, center f- or catcher, uh, Luke Edwards was center fielder, uh, two for four with two RBI. And then Owen Ayers, uh, who hit a big home run, three for four, four RBI, uh, one walk, and, of course, the run on the homer. Eight of the 11 hits, four of the eight runs, two of the walks out of six, and six RBI out of the eight. They just, the top of the order just carried them. But not to be outdone, uh, Elijah Vogel's song also went two for three with two runs scored. And uh, shortstop uh, Keebler Peralta went one for three with a run scored and a walk. Just uh, a little bit. They came back at the end just a little too late, a dollar mm-hmm. short. Again, if you're not giving up nine runs, you win this game. Pitching's getting better. Just got to be more consistent with it. And especially, like you said, in this conference, that's gave up 12 runs the next day, nine runs. Yeah. It's I mean, we, hard, we, hard to win when you're doing that. It is. And we're not by any means cashing out on this team, right? Because no, we, no. we, we, we all know that um, it's going to take some time to build a top to bottom competitive roster where yep. some teams are just ahead of us in this conference. They are. It's nothing against our guys. They can go out and beat anybody on any given day. But to consistently be competitive from top to bottom, pitching staff from top to bottom, it's going to take a while. And are the pieces in place? I feel like they are. And and then when you open the doors on a stadium and you start having that uh, to dangle in front of recruits and say, look where you get to come and play, we're going to start to catch up. But in the meantime, we're just going to have to play what I feel like to be spoiler a lot of times because we're not going to – we're not – I don't think that we're respected you know, from a team standpoint by some of these other teams in the conference. Yeah. So they're going to look at us and go, okay, Marshall's coming to town. Big deal. But, and you go in there and you win two out of three or you sweep the series. That's going to, that's the kind of thing you're going to have to be like, yeah, well, what now what, you know? So uh, I love these guys. I love the, I love that they work hard. I love that they're, you know, in it. I mean, but I am, um, I feel for them, you know, because they got there and bust their asses and they come up short, you know, they lose it in the latter portions of the game, you know, yeah. and they're like, man, we got this one. And then something happens. And then, Well, here today, Drew Harlow came in in relief and in three innings, he gave up uh, six runs, five of them earned on seven hits. And you think, oh man, that's probably a problem all year, right? No, it's his first loss of the year and now he's four and one. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's one of these situations where, you hit conference play, and I said it earlier, you ran into one, and it happens in baseball. It doesn't matter that it's in conference, but like you said, this conference rakes. It's uh, it's up there. They're good, man. There's a we've, lot of good teams here. We've been talking about it for baseball and softball. 
when we were previewing the Sun Belt move last July, and we kept saying, you know, it's a different animal. Not that Conference USA was bad, especially with rice and stuff like that with baseball, but um, yes, Sun but Belt. This, this conference has multiple ranked teams in yeah. it. Okay, top to, top to bottom, it is tough. It is a tough, tough, tough conference. Yeah. So, do I mean, am I going to accept losing? No. Are you going to accept losing and and as Beals and this coaching staff, these players? Of course not. I'm just saying it's not easy to win games in the Sun Belt. It's just not easy to win games. I don't care who you are. You know, we saw a killer series going down between two other top tier to Texas State Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. You know, you think either one – somebody had to lose those games. Yeah. Somebody had to lose. And you're talking about two ranked teams, you know, up there performing really, really high on a national stage. And they faced off, and somebody had to lose. Somebody had to lose. It's just going to be incredibly hard to win games in this conference. We will win games. We will. But there will be those games that slip away that you should have had. And I feel like today's game particularly was one of those games. Maybe not – you can't look at a 12-4 game and go, well, we almost had that one. But you can look at an 8 – a 9-8 game when you were leading late and go, damn it, you know, a play here and a play there, and that one was ours. So we just got to capture more of those than we than we let slip away, and and you know we'll be all right. All right, we're going to keep it on the uh, diamond, but as uh, will be the norm for the foreseeable future, we're going to close up with softball. We are a softball school. Yep. This is a softball podcast, <laughs> and we're going to talk about uh, the weather, kind of throwing some. Uh, some wrenches at us for the app state uh, series where we're down there in softball. Uh, yesterday's game got postponed. They were supposed to play a doubleheader today. They played one game today. The second game got postponed. Latest I'm hearing is tomorrow's games are postponed. We'll have to see about that. But anyway, they uh, ended up beating app state today, eight to nothing in six. We don't know about tomorrow, if we'll play one game, two games, zero games for this. (laughs) But we're heading to Louisville on Wednesday for a doubleheader. Uh, First game is uh, UT Martin, and immediately following is Bellarmine. And then we're right back to the dot, hosting Southern Miss Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. So I watched the game today. Uh, I was at home. I was just chilling. You know, this is my day off, only day off this week. And I was like, I'm not doing crap i'm gonna watch softball and then we're gonna do a podcast later and that's that's what i planned on doing and right off the rip let me tell you because i tweeted about this because it rubbed me the wrong way because it felt like these app state announcers were trying to downplay how good of a team marshall is you know and i tweeted it i'm gonna say it again because it's total crap he said marshall's 21 and 3 on the season but have only played two games on the road and i thought did you even look at the schedule? Because right off the top of my head, I knew we played four games in Leesburg, Florida. We had, I, we had uh, the first 11 games were on the road or something like that the, in the two series. The Liberty Series was uh, or the Liberty Invitational or whatever was five games. I think we played five or six down in Florida. We did. So I went back and looked just to prove how wrong they were. Four yeah. games in Leesburg, Florida, five <laughs> games in Chattanooga, Tennessee, five games in Lynchburg, Virginia. There you go. Then we come home to the dot to finally play some home games. Yeah. So 14 of the 24 games up to the start of the day's games were on the road. That's pretty close to two, I understand. But 
what an, (laughs) (laughs) that's so egregious. Like, well, they're a good team, but you know, they don't go on the road, man, whatever. So what do we do? We go out there and run rule your freaking homeschool squad. How do you like that? Cause I sure enjoyed it. I don't know about you guys, but I sure enjoyed watching it. Um, and, and I'll tell you, it, it was, uh, I think Sid Nestor who was on in the circle today, she was not her normal dominating self. Uh, five walks today, only four strikeouts, complete game, by the way. So it just shows me that Sid can go to the circle, not be her best self, and we can still go out there and beat Snot out of a team, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm not – you know, I love Sid. Love her. And I don't think she's – if she's listening to this, she's not going, I can't believe he's out there dogging me like that. No, this is a compliment to her ability yeah. and this team because even her B game is better than most pitchers' A game. Okay, so I just want to get that out there. I have uh, something to add real quick. Okay. Going with a, an analogy with major league pitchers, what they have always said about an ace is that they become an ace not because of their stuff or their ceiling. They become an ace because when they don't have their best stuff, they still find a way to win, and they go out there, and that's what you're talking about today. So that is not a slight. That is the best compliment you can yeah. give somebody. That's how you drive home that she is, in fact, an ace. Yeah. But to that end, this defense came up big for her. She was in yep. a serious jam. Bases were juiced. And, you know, App was looking to get on the board. And uh, I tell you what, man, I don't know where Bick was – what made her slide and, and line up where she lined up at shortstop, but there was a 100% line drive that would have landed in um, – left field and probably would have played it a couple, yeah. but she was, she was Sydney on the spot and caught the liner to thwart that app state little rally they had going on and preserve the shutout. And ultimately app state could not play any obviously for the duration of the game, but there were several big moments defensively in that game. There were several big plays offensively in that game. I mean, we started out put plating one in the top of the first. We plated one in the top of the second. We flirted around here. We three up, three down. And then we get to the fifth and kind of bust out a little bit for four runs. Uh, App State has a pitching change. I noticed that they brought in a pitcher uh, that was from Elkview, the two-time West Virginia high school softball player of the year, 2018 and 2020, went to Hoover. And uh, I was thinking, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, she's going to face the herd for the first time ever. And I was intrigued to see how that went. Um, but right out of the gate, she <laughs> she plunked uh, Grace and put Grace on on the base paths and, you know, kind of opened the floodgates a little bit. And, you know, we traded traded some big moments, bigger moments there in the innings, and but no, no real damage. And then Automo and sent one into freaking orbit. God, I hope you saw the replay of that hit. Did you? Homer. Yeah, I saw it. Wow. I mean, I don't know if I think she put it on top of that building out they there. They said it hit the roof because that was out of yeah. frame and I never saw it land. And yeah. she knew it immediately. It, put it on the roof. It was awesome. So great game all the way around, right? Sid Nestor goes complete game shutout 14 and two now on the season. A six hitter with four K's and five walks. Um, I mentioned how the, the herd kind of scored their runs. Uh, Autumn Owen, you mentioned the 13th home run on the season. She goes three for four with three RBIs on the day. Alex Coleman, I believe, swiped a couple of more bases to uh, extend her team lead and uh, stay atop or really close to the top in the Sunbelt Conference. She's kind of flirting. If she keeps this pace up, she's flirting with the single-season stolen base record. Yeah. Uh, she'll have to keep it up at a pretty pretty hefty clip 
But uh, as of right now, I feel comfortable saying she's flirting with that single season stolen base record. And I mentioned Sid Bickle being Sydney on the spot with the the clutch line drives catch to thwart the runs or to thwart the uh, the little rally that App State had. A couple other big hits. Um, Bub Bub took a had an RBI double. Um, it was just a great team effort today, man, to really show that. Uh, they don't just completely rely on Sid Nestor to go out there and have 10, 12 Ks in a game to cruise to victory. They can do it with Sid, just workhorse type effort today, you know, hits here, hits there. We're used to seeing Sid go seven innings, six innings, whatever, complete game one hitter. And we didn't see that today. And the herd still won in convincing fashion, eight to nothing. And I don't know that they want to play another game. <laughs> it, the rumor is they have the weather machine out there trying to trying to make it to where the field cannot be played on tomorrow. I'll tell you another funny thing I heard. They said that the turf got frozen, or not the the tarp got frozen to the field, <laughs> and that caused the later the pushing back of the game today. It's like I'm sure that's happened before, but I've just not heard that. You know, it's like yeah, the the tarp got frozen to the field. We had to delay the start of the game, which made me think, did they wait on it to thaw out or were there people out there like <laughs> with warm water or something? I don't know, but it was just funny to hear me say that. So congratulations to uh, Megan and, and Corey and, and Allie and Maddie and all the players out there. They just, they just continue to uh, be so damn dominant. And now that we're into the Sun Belt, actually officially into the Sun Belt era, starting the whole damn thing out with a shutout of a historic rival at their house. How does it get any better than that? Yeah. And uh best start again. Again, every, every game that they continue to win is the best start in program history. Yeah, is a new best start. God it's at some point we're gonna have to pull Megan back onto the show and revisit some of those questions that we asked. So, cause I'm really looking forward to asking her some of those again. I remember <laughs> I asking, <laughs> I remember asking in the first 25 games, how, what's your record going to be? And she said 22 and three. I remember that. Yeah. I got a feeling that it would be like a Cheshire cat smile when we bring yeah. her back on for like, well, I, I don't know. How are we doing? Yeah. But I'm really proud of them, man. Just top yeah. to bottom. So many gals getting on base consistently. They kept saying over and over on the broadcast, all but two players on the Marshall uh, roster have a, are batting over 300. Mm -hmm. Over all, all but two players, several over 400, and one is batting over 500. How do you, mm -hmm. how do you defend that? This is really a – there are no weak spots in this lineup right now. And, yeah, and, and the players that are hitting below 300, it's not like that they are not hitting – because they're having some very good games. It's just that on average, they've got a couple of games where they went hitless and it's brought their, their average down sure. over the year. Sure. It doesn't mean you're not getting on base, right? right? Yeah. Yep. So and I'm just super proud of them. I'm super happy for them. Um, it, the, this, this group of girls is so cool to watch. Uh, and, you know, they, I love the interaction that we're starting to get from them. I don't know if they're just now discovering our show and, and, uh, starting to learn of how like truly behind this team that we are, but uh, we appreciate that. And uh, you know, we're going to keep, we're going to keep banging the softball drum until there's not an empty seat remaining at Dot Hicks field. And uh, one beyond that, we're, we're not going to stop until there are not only any empty seats, but the outfield is full of camping chairs, coolers. I mean, yeah. it's, it just, 
when the weather breaks in Huntington, there better not be an empty spot in Huntington at a softball game. I can't and honestly, wait to go back. and honestly, I don't. I you should be out there with coffee and chili if you if you're worried about the cold weather, right? Because they're they're just that damn fun. So congratulations yeah. to all of them. We love you guys. Keep on keeping on. This is great. I don't know if I'll be able to go on Friday for Southern Miss, but I'll definitely be there Saturday and possibly Sunday as well cool. uh, yeah. for for that. I just I cannot wait to get back. Yeah. Well, that all ends right. it for around the herd. Oh damn, that was that was quick. Geez, we're like thirty minutes quicker than normal on the on the episodes this week. But that's well, I do right. ha- I do have this. Oh yeah, let's that, talk about the TC chalkboard real quick. As I get this down here. Here is clue number four, and I'll try to get that as close as I can. It's pretty clear. And we're going to have this up again. We'll have uh, photos like I do every week after this episode uh, launches. Uh, We're going to have this this up as a photo. And what I want to tell everybody is, A, number one, please DM your guesses. Yep. Even if you get it wrong... What you are doing is kind of ruining it a little bit for other people because you're influencing maybe how they are looking at this. We're not going to answer it publicly, so they may think that they're on the right track with your answer. If you get it right, you're still kind of taking it away from them a little bit uh, because maybe they look forward to trying to figure it out on their own. We get a lot of messages on this. And the other thing that I want to say is messaging us with one individual board answer. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't be surprised when I say that is not the overall answer. Because one board answering the puzzle, riddle, clue, whatever you want to call it, will not answer the entire thing. It's going to take all of them together or at least multiple of them together. And there are more than one clue on each individual clue board. That's what I wanted to say. I wanted to make it clear to those that are playing or want to start playing along that, A, you absolutely should. Yes, we do get a lot of messages on this and no one has gotten it right yet. But more importantly, each individual board is not the overall answer. It is just a piece of the puzzle. So you could mm-hmm. answer all seven clues correctly and still possibly not know the overall answer. Mm-hmm. So when when you have a guess and he, you know, Russ, Russ is generally the one that replies. I try to stay out of those replies because I want him to run his contest. So when you're DMing about a TC chalkboard clues, that's him that's going to reply to you. Um, if he tells you no or yes, You haven't won the overall thing unless you get the overall thing. So each individual board is not the overall answer. Know that. It is a piece of the puzzle. Now, if you happen to get the overall answer, (laughs) you're better than I am. (laughs) But um, you should know that overall. Collect all the clues. Collect as many clues as you can to get the overall answer. But please keep playing along. And yes, please DM your answers. And again, cannot state it enough, and I'll put it out in a tweet as well when I put clue number four up. Every single board, including this one right here, has more than one clue involved in it. So just if you go back and look, if you think that you're getting one thing to take away 
from each individual clue. We had three of them before this one. There are more than one clue on each and every board that you will see. Yep. I would, uh, I would, I hope you're all playing along, you know, so it's just something fun to do. It's a little puzzle. Get the brain rocking and rolling. And it's Uh, tough, man. It is tough. I did not make this. I didn't want to say, Hey, let's put out a contest. First person that tells me what three plus two is gets to win. I wanted it to be tough. (laughs) Well, mission accomplished. Hey, do you have any, uh, final thoughts here before we close out the episode? I mean, I've got a couple, but if you got some, let's have them. No, uh, well, yeah, real quick. I just wanted to say that we made a lot of headway over the past week and I hope to have these solidified next week to tell everyone, but it's looking like we will have four sponsors for the green and white, uh, tailgate and the softball tailgate the next week. And, uh, we hope to have more information on that, but we talked about it last week and, mm-hmm. Not one, not two, not three, but four different sponsors. Yep, that's pretty cool. And you, I want to do a house cleaning thing there. You said softball tailgate the next week. It's the next Next day. day. Next day. Yeah, very next morning. Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. Of course, that's spring football game weekend, green and white game weekend. Make yourself available. Make some plans to be there at the stadium Saturday for the green and white game for the Thundercast tailgate and Sunday for the big softball game against James Madison. Uh, we're going to have a tailgate there too over at the dot. So be there. It's going to be a great time. We're looking forward to seeing a lot of people. I'm going to try my absolute damnedest to do whatever I can come hell or high water to make the flight from Clearwater, Florida up to Huntington so that I can be there. Cause even I don't want to miss it. It's going to be a great time. Uh, this is something we haven't done in a, in a, in a while. And I think it's a time, uh, a good time to do that because, uh, you know, we talked about uh, season tickets for football being renewals are opened up now. So uh, that'll mean first, They'll open it up for first-time buyers coming up soon. But get your renewals in. Go all in, man. It's 25 bucks, and we talked about all the perks that come along with that and how you can come out ahead most likely just by going all in. Um, but we haven't talked about joining the Big Green in a while, and we need yeah. to talk about doing that because this is a great time to make that happen as well. If you're going to be doing a season ticket renewal and you're not a Big Green member, you need to do that. At, at least get some sort of – don't some sort of donation going and click that, uh, you know, that forever pledge so that you never have to remember to do it. Uh, we, we really need to collectively as a fan base, step our game up. We're not asking anybody to overextend their boundaries, overextend their means, you know, but chip in what you can, because we can all do something. Russ and I individually give, and of course we give as uh, the Thundercast because it's important. You know, we want Marshall to be on the forefront when there's a college football playoff expansion. We want them immediately trying to vie for that spot. Uh, we want to make the push for more soccer championships and basketball championships and be more competitive in baseball and continue to play at a high level in softball and all of these things. We, we, we think volleyball is on the rise and we see even Christian talked about really hoping that they can do something long-term with Ari because he mm-hmm. likes what she's doing with the program. And, and we do too. Mm-hmm. So, and it takes all of us to be a championship level fan base. If we expect to win championships, um, look into the thunder trust. Uh, if you want to get involved from the NIL Avenue of things, which I think you should as well, if you can. Yeah. 
all of these things it's going to take. Christian talked about the brick campaign they're going to do for the baseball stadium that's coming up. And he talked about them being, we'll have details about all this when it comes out, but let's talk about it because he talked about it. Um, they're going to come in with several pricing tiers so that, you know, if you just want to get a, a brick and individually, you're going to be able to do that for a relatively small investment. And if you want a larger stone, then you're going to be able to do that for a more substantial investment. So all of these opportunities are going to come along. And I hope you do. I hope if you can, if it, if, if it's something you're able to do, then do it. But all of us can join the big green today, mm -hmm. tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this, you can go in the description of our episode and click the link to join the big green. We make it really easy. You can click the link to go to the Thunder Trust website and you can join and make it really easy. You know, you can make contributions. We're trying mm -hmm. to help. We, we really want this championship level to, uh, we want to get to this championship level faster rather than slower. And it's going to yeah. take all of us, all of us. So I'm happy to be, I'm a proud donor. I know you're a proud donor and there are thousands like us that are out there in, in the herd fan base, but there are some that are still on the fence or for whatever reason, just haven't done it yet. And we want to nudge you to, do it. Make the push. Hit the button. You know, put it in 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever you can do. You know, you don't have to give $5,000 a month. I can't. And I'm not shy in saying that. But I give what I can because that's all that the herd is asking. Give what you can. Right. Um, what do you got to say on that? I just want to say that uh, I cannot state enough. It is as little as $5 a month. Yep. You will get that money back. I wish I had my keys or my wallet on you and show you the herd perks cards. All you got to do, you see their decals in the window. You see when you're going to check out, they have it there. You can see on herd zone, which we talked about that app and that uh, website earlier. You can go mm -hmm. there and see where you can get these discounts and what those discounts are. And you start totaling it up. You will save money and you will help marshal the school that you love raise their championship banners. You can do that for as little as $5 a month to help out. Yep. Uh, you will get that money back tenfold thanks to the business owners here in this community that care enough to say, yes, I want to uh, participate in this uh, Herd Perks discount program. And if you sign up because of what we're talking about on here, please DM us and let us know that we are making a difference that we have convinced you to do so. If it's for the first time, if it's to renew when you thought maybe you weren't going to, or if you've been a lapsed member for years or decades and we're the reason that's doing that, we would like to know if nothing more than what we're doing uh, and our goals are being met Yeah, because we get nothing from this. We get no kickbacks from this. Yep. Uh, the big green did not ask us to do this. You know, we made it a goal before day one of this podcast that, you know, what would make a difference is if we could get more people to donate to the big green, we didn't have the thunder trust before day one, but as soon as that was a thing, we started talking about it as well, because it will make a huge impact on the school and athletic teams that you love. Yep, it will. And it, it, furthermore, if you're donating, if you call up the Big Green and say, hey, man, I want to start 
whatever. I mean, I know you can do it online, but if you're the type of person that wants to call and talk to somebody and set it up over the phone, great. And tell them, it's like, man, those guys at the damn Thundercast finally beat me down enough and I felt like I had to do it. I'm sure that they would appreciate hearing that because, yeah. you know, that we're not, they don't, we don't get a kickback for that, but you know, we, we do maintain a pretty good relationship with them and, and they let us know like, Hey guys, somebody, you know, yeah. signed up because they heard it on the podcast and we just wanted to say, you know, thanks for driving people that way. So, yeah. you know, it, it just helps us to know that what we're doing is working because yeah. Hey man, we're all on the same team, right? We're all, we're all heard and we just want to see wins and championships and in this day of competitive collegiate athletics, you have to compete. If you if you want to win, you have to compete. Yeah. And and that takes scholarship money and that takes NIL money. It just does. Whether you like it or you don't like it, you know, that's the way it is. I want to throw a call back to something that uh, Coach Huff said about 10 episodes ago when he was on. It was episode 35. Uh, don't ask me how I know, except for I've got an eidetic memory. Uh but episode 35, Coach Huff was on here and he said, hey, it's $5 as a minimum to get that herd perch. But like if you can't afford five bucks a month, you know, give $5 one time, give Once. $2 one time. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's $2 more than you gave last year, just do more. Hey, all I've got is $2. If 20,000 people that go to the Marshall game said, Let's all just give $2 more. That's $40,000. That's that's more than a scholarship, or I think right around where a scholarship is now, uh, for for one athlete. Yeah. $2. Yeah. You got two so, bucks. Everybody's yeah. got two bucks. Yeah. It's just do, do what you can. Not everybody on here can give $1,000 a month. Not everybody on here can give $1,000 a year. Not everybody on here can give a dollar a month, but whatever you can, yeah. if you, if you want, if it's $2, like coach Huff said, just throw it in. It's more than we were going to have. If you didn't do that. Yep. Now's the time. Let's just do it. Right. The last thing I've got today is, uh, I want to harken back to the new show that launched inside the thunder. I don't know if you guys missed it or haven't seen it, or if you did watch it, I appreciate it. If you did, this is something new that the thundercast is trying to do. Just more content for herd fans. We mentioned about the launch coming up in the last episode, and now we have the first episode out. Um, and I got to sit down and, and talk with uh, herd running back Kalen Laburn, and we talked about his journey a little bit, and uh, you know, kind of what's next for him. and And it was a really great conversation. So I implore you; those are going to be YouTube exclusives on the Thundercast YouTube channel. So please go check those out. You you can expect to see one about one every two weeks. And um, man, they, I've had some great conversations with, with some folks. I think uh, you're going to enjoy uh, what what the Thundercast is bringing. So until we have you know more news, like I said before, 2023 is going to be a big year for us. This is just the first step in a lot of steps of what we are trying to do for you, the herd fan, and this fan base in general. To, I love using the word galvanize this fan base. We're really strong fan base. We're very passionate as it is. And we, Russ and I, are just personally going to try to do everything that we can do to make us a more close-knit group, a, a more passionate group, and one that cares even more if you think that's even possible. But um, please go check out Inside the Thunder. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it, they're great conversations, man, and and I appreciate it. Uh, show those folks that uh, there's – 
trusting me enough to sit down and talk to me, give them an ad, like tweet at them and tell them that was a kick-ass episode, man, that you appreciated them opening it up a little bit or that you really enjoyed something they had to say. Like, let Kayla know that that you appreciated him sharing because, you know, that takes that takes a tremendous amount of trust, you know. Uh, they don't know what they're in for. I mean, but, you know, I'm not going to give anybody, I'm not going to blindside anybody with anything negative. It's always cool conversation, but still. You know, they're they're trusting me and and you guys to react positively. So uh, I appreciate that. And I appreciate everybody that I've talked to so, so far doing that. So you can expect another episode. What is it? Saturday night. So probably in about 10 days, you'll get another Inside the Thunder episode two. I'm not going to tell you who it is right now. Randy I don't Moss. Know. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get that. Well, Russ and I will have to kick that back and forth. If we'll keep them a secret until they drop or if we'll let the cat out of the bag. I don't know. I, I kind of like keeping it secret just to see who it's going to drop. Bam. So you don't have any. Brand, Randy Moss. I wish. I mean, hey, man, we go back to high school at the same time. He's on, I don't know. He's on there. I know he is. <laughs> anyway, man, take us the hell out of here. Yeah, whether you see us at the dot, whether you see us at the Joan, whether you see us at the cam, or whether you see us in Twin Towers East in the elevator as Randy Moss gets off and calls you dog once in college, no matter where you see us, we're always going to be saying, go hurt. Go hurt. It's the Thundercast. We'll see you next week. Later. Later.